Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Intimacy is critical in a healthy marriage. And too many people think that that just means physical intimacy. But to really connect in the bedroom, a certain level of emotional intimacy is necessary. And this is especially true for women. And if you're a frequent listener to the show, you know that I refer to sex between men and women as the cosmic joke. Men have access to the bonding hormone oxytocin through physical connection. And women need to feel emotionally connected to their partners to really open up physically. So ideally, there's enough goodwill in the marriage for each partner to be willing to bridge that gap. But since sex is one of the two topics that creates the most tension and arguments in a marriage, I'm guessing that that's not always the case. Now, considering how little men and women really know about how the other one works sexually, I'm really not at all surprised. So to take a closer look at this important but often contentious aspect of marriage, I'm joined by Andrew Bauman. He is a licensed mental health counselor, and he is the co-founder and director of the Christian Counseling Center for Sexual Health and Trauma. And boy, that's a mouthful. But Andrew, thank you for being on the show and talking about this, this difficult but necessary topic. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I truly believe who we are sexually is a reflection of who we are in the rest of our, in the rest of our lives. And so mm-hmm. we really have to explore our sexuality. What's your story with your sexuality? What do you bring mm-hmm. into your marriage? What, mm-hmm. what did your parents teach you about sexuality? What did your church teach you about society, uh, sexuality? And if we can begin to kind of unwind, to me, that helps grow that intimacy and connection, and you can have a much cleaner engagement with your partner rather than all the noise. Well, I mean, and it's, and it's so interesting that you say that because we are bombarded with contradictory messages. Yes. I mean, you yes. know, I mean, sex is used to sell everything. Yeah. But we don't actually really talk about sex. Um, right. And I mean, other than getting past the, you know, the, the actual physical components of this goes here. I mean, it's like because right. we, we talk, I mean, sex is obviously we need sex to keep the species right. going. But people, you, you know, and a lot of animals are designed to only have you know, be able to, well, they only have sex when they are trying to procreate. And humans right. are not built that way. We, we Sex is pleasurable um, for yeah. most of us. And so, but, but there's so much misinformation out there yeah. um, that, right. you know, that, it's no wonder it creates a challenge. Yes, exactly. And I mean, I, I think of my own upbringing growing up in, uh, in the South in a Southern Baptist church, and it was the true love waits movement. It was, it was all, right. all shame based. Um, uh-huh. any, there, there was no actual talk about sexuality except bad, 
right? right. Don't, don't do that. But there was Except no, like, Except when you get married and then it's supposed to be fantastic. It's oh, like, okay, so exactly. Exactly. So it was just insane. And then what you describe as far as marketing, as far as, like, you see that the objectification of women have been selling products, you know, for generations. And, and mm-hmm. this other, so we have this shame-based sexuality, and then the mm-hmm. other extreme, you have this shamelessness. And neither are talking about healthy sexuality. How do we honor and not devour beauty? How do we share rather than to be selfish? How do we, and, and so that is the work of a healthy sexuality. Okay, which is, which is really what I wanted to talk about today. So, you know, so it, one of the things that I know, you know, that, that a lot of people think of intimacy, they, they connect intimacy with sex, and of course intimacy is so much more than that. To have a truly mm-hmm. intimate relationship with our partners requires just more than, you know, fireworks in the bedroom or the dining room, wherever you happen to want to have them. Um, yes. But, but, you know, so what makes sex and physical intimacy so important in a marriage? Yeah, physical intimacy, it's about connection. And we connect mm-hmm. in multiple different ways, right? We connect intellectually. We connect sexually. We connect emotionally. We connect spiritually. And it's so mm-hmm. vital for healthy intimacy to have a balanced approach upon all those areas of connection. So if you're, all you're doing is thinking about sex and making sex an idol, then mm-hmm. you're, you're missing out on the intellectual connection, on the spiritual connection, on these other forms of connection. And so I think the healthiest relationships have a balanced approach to intimacy where we're connecting on multiple different levels. It can't just be about sex and it can't just not be about sex. Like sex is a beautiful (laughs) part. (laughs) Sex is a beautiful part of what makes us intimate and connected. Okay. So you talked about something called healthy sexuality. So, but for many people, they would think that, okay, that's an oxymoron. I mean, what does, what does that mean? What does it mean to be, yes. to be healthy, as, sexually healthy as an individual, and then be, yeah. how does that translate to being in a relationship? Right. Well, do you have like two or three hours? I know. <laughs> I, that, that question is, is sort of like a, a, a question that I had when I was in 10th grade English. Is the final exam yeah. was tell everything you know about English literature, be, 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 be brief but be specific. It's like, okay, so this yeah, is kind of right. like that same kind of question. Exactly. Well, we can just talk about a few, a few of the categories. We might not be able okay. to touch all of them. But, but I think of um, unhealthy being emotionally distant versus being emotionally present, right? Does your partner have your face? during sex? Do you engage eye contact? Are you sharing your heart, your vulnerabilities, your shame, your heartache, your, your heart? Like that is what it means to be emotionally present versus emotionally distant. And so that was one of the, that's one of the foundations of a healthy sexuality. Will you be emotionally present? Um, Another category, are you authentic and true versus secrets? Do you have a hidden life? I remember from, from my own story, being uh, addicted to pornography for over 13 sure. years, um, uh-huh. having this secret life, and yet also being a pastor. I lived this split identity, and therefore uh-huh. I could not be emotionally connected with a partner. I could not be, uh, right. I could not offer my, 
you know, my future wife at the time, it was my girlfriend at the time, I could not offer my full heart if I was still addicted and had a secret life. I had to integrate my personhood to be the same guy in every arena. I had to become authentic to be sexually healthy. Okay. That sounds tremendously scary. Yes, definitely. And yet it fits with another category of like, we, we got to live in reality because pornography, these other things mm. that get into our mind is fantasy based, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not based in real world. Relationships are hard. Sex <laughs> is messy. Feelings are hard. And yet pornography taught so many of us um, that this idea, this fantasy-driven idea of sexuality, that's not based in reality. It's just mm-hmm. not real. And so we got to get out of our fantasies about sex. And actually, you get to share it with your partner. And you get to learn together. You get to grow together. You get to say, this is pleasurable. This is not. Right. I enjoy this. I don't enjoy this. And you get to build that bond together. Well, and that's an interesting thing that you talk about, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember that, that pornography was, was, you know, um, brown paper over the cover of certain magazines and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe once video stores came, you know, there, there, was, there, there used to be the shops in that part of town that, you know, you would go to yeah. or video right. stores were, were in, there was the back section of the videos. And, you yeah. know, and now it's, now you don't even have to leave the confines of your own home. It's, it's oh, so yeah. prevalent. And in all of our phones, right? We have within instant, within seconds, yeah. if I chose right now, I could get pornography right now on the very phone that I'm talking to you on. And <laughs> so it, 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 it's, it's an epidemic. You know, uh, Barna did a study called the Porn Phenomenon that it said over 50% of pastors, 50% have some type of relationship with porn, 60% of youth pastors, and 70% of Christian men. Right. So, I mean, this is an epidemic, and this um, affects our, our mindset and creates a pornographic mindset. I call it in my book, um, Psychology of Porn, a pornographic style of relating. We begin to relate to the world pornographically because so many times porn becomes our mentor of what mm-hmm. sexuality is, and we have to well, undo so much of that. Right, and because we don't necessarily have an alternative, because I know you, were, you, you said something about, um, you know, what, what do we learn about sex from our parents? And, yeah. you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I still laugh because, you know, my, you know, when my children were younger, they thought their father and I had sex three times. And you definitely do not necessarily want to be talking to your parents about what they're doing behind closed doors because, oh, that's just sure. so gross because your parents yeah. aren't really people. They're just, you know, um, <laughs> right. but you know, and, and, you know, and it's so, you know, and it's, it's funny, not funny when, yeah. you know, there are videos, like I'm talking YouTube videos, not, you know, where, where women are explaining to their boyfriends, you know, about the monthly cycle and, you know, and it's like yeah, just, right. just a complete lack of information. about. Mm-hmm. How how bodies work, you know, yes. and yes. just it's heartbreaking. And you know, and then you've got this other source of information, which is you know, first off, you know, based on people are being paid to do this, right? Right. Um, right. You know, and what's becoming normalized is you yeah. know, it, it's like well, because I saw it in 
you know, in, in pornography. And, and, and it's also right. very, one, it's instant gratification. Two, I don't have to have any relationship because exactly. this, is, this person doesn't mm-hmm. actually exist. They're, they're right. a fantasy. But we don't have anything right. on the other side to you know, really talk about not just, again, not just a physical act because that is, yes. you know, that is in and of itself. But, but what it means on a, on a different level and, right. you know, and, and what does it mean to look into each other's eyes? You know, to, yeah. I mean, first off, that's scary across the dinner table. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, and this right. idea that I'm supposed to, I mean, and it, and it, you know, it, it, I'm supposed to be open to this other person and they can see Exactly. Deep into me, which of course is, you know, people talk about intimacy into me, you see, um, yes, right. you know, this, this whole thing is, it's like, oh my God, again, I call it, it's just a recipe for disaster. Yes. It's, it's terrifying. And yet that's what we all long for, right? A, a huge reason that people go flock to pornography is because of lack of connection. They're mm-hmm. longing for connection and yet they don't know how to attain it. Right? They don't know how to get it. They're terrified of genuine intimacy. So the false, the false intimacy becomes, becomes more appealing because it's easy. There's no risk. It's cheap. But right. we're all longing for genuine intimacy and connection. Right. And, 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 and pornography never says no. You are never rejected. Right. <laughs> right. right. Exactly. It, it, it's never, you know. And, and, and just understanding, I mean, and I think that there are so many people that forget understanding how the other gender works. We don't even necessarily yes. understand how our own body works and, and, right. and how to uncover. I mean, obviously, we know if something hurts, right? I mean, yeah, um, sure, of course. But we, but we don't always know what feels good or, you know, and then, and then, of course, you were talking earlier about the shame factor, and there's, and there's right. so much shame around this. You know, little, little, right. little kids, you know, young, young kids who, who figure out that shimmying up a tree feels really good. They don't know why. Well, of course, they just right. But it does. Right. right. And that's why so, many, so much of us, and I feel such a passion to, to help teach um, parents, church leaders, we have to normalize sexuality. We have to mm-hmm. normalize our bodies. We have to normalize. We have to talk about it. You know, um, we, we just Andrew, have you to talk, talk about talk it about often. People are just going to want to do it. Mm. <laughs> oh, right. And, and yet that is such, uh, I think, such a false narrative. Right. We are meant for pleasure. God mm-hmm. created us for pleasure and goodness. We are meant for it. So how do we actually uh, talk about it in a healthy way? Sex is not right. bad. So much right. of the sex negative approach has not been helpful and not prepared our kids for the sexuality that they will encounter in the world. Right. So I just want to remind people that this is Happily Ever After. It's just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm having a really important conversation about sex, intimacy, and marriage with licensed mental health counselor, Andrew Bauman. And if sex and intimacy are challenges in your marriage, please know that you're not alone. As I said before, it's one of the two biggest sources of disagreement in a marriage. 
Add to that the evidence that more and more marriages are starting to be classified as sexless. It is a real problem. But there really are solutions, and if you want to know more, I invite you to get in touch with me today to learn how to move past or to get a healthier um, relationship, not just with your partner, but with sex. So you can reach me by email at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingmc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S. And is in Nancy, C is in Charlie.com, or you can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And I want to get back to this conversation with Andrew. And so one of the ideas that you talk about, you know, if you go to your website, you actually see this. You talk about the sexually healthy man. So yeah. can you define what this means and and why you know, why this would be a, a desired goal. Yeah. Well so much of you know what we've been talking about fits with the same the same idea. So many of us men have learned um, how to objectify rather than to honor beauty. Uh-huh. And the world, the pornography, all these other messages that have come in, we have not learned how to engage beauty in a healthy way without trying to devour it, to have master over it, to um, basically take out our wounds. Uh, we feel better about ourselves if we, if a woman affirms us or, you know, we, we basically do not know how to engage in a healthy way. And, uh-huh. and so part of what means to be a sexually healthy man is to begin to really self-reflect and dive into your own wounding to your own issues with beauty, your own issues with your own sexuality? Will you have the courage to tell the truth about yourself and your sexuality? Mm. Well, how does somebody know what the truth is? I mean, mm-hmm. this, you know, it's, so, so it's telling the story, right? It's beginning okay. to tell the story. You know, for me, um, you know, beginning to find pornography as a young teen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, around 12, 13 years old, early adolescence, internet becomes a thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I realize my parents aren't talking about it. They're going through a divorce, separation, Mm -hmm. divorce. Nobody's talking to us about anything. And Mm -hmm. and I can't even ask questions because I know it's not appropriate. Even though it was never said explicitly, we didn't Uh talk about sex. So I knew I didn't want to make my parents feel uncomfortable. So (laughs) we just put everything under the rug, just shoved it, shoved Mm -hmm. it. So then, I find pornography and it begins to soothe my anxiety. It begins to, to comfort me in a way um, that, you know, at first was just curiosity, but then slowly it becomes a prison. Slowly Uh it becomes, um, begins to damage my brain. And then I begin um, to no longer have a, you know, uh, I, I can't even have a real relationship. In college, right. I begin to jump from you know woman to woman to woman. like I don't know how to have real relationship, and now I begin to expose myself as I'm becoming an adult. I still relate like a 13 year old boy. Yeah, and and, I mean, and beginning to realize that it begins to break me so much so that I end up 15 years ago ended up in the psychiatric ward. Like wow. I lost everything. This is why this is so important to me, is mm-hmm. because this broken sexuality literally broke me and I had to rebuild and 
and create something new. And I know others need that as well. Well, I mean, because, you know, we, we do, we tend to do this in, in general. And I think that, you know, in sexuality, especially as young people, when we're not, you know, when we're not really exposed to what it is to be in a relationship, what it is, I mean, because, you know, I, uh, my story is, is not quite exactly as yours, but, you know, my parents went through a divorce. I felt very lost. I was mm-hmm. looking for love, right? Yes. You know, I wanted to be loved, and, and, and sex was part of that. And, yes. you know, and we have a lot of, you know, kids, you know, young people today who, you know, are, are involved sexually without fully understanding why, is there an understanding of what's being sought out? So it's like for you, exactly. pornography, right. pornography soothed you for other people doing, doing this other thing. It's where they, you know, as opposed yeah. to going deeper into here's right. this, here's this wound. Here's this, you know, I want to, you know, I, I always, you know, quote Garth Brooks, I was looking for love in all the wrong places, um, right. you know, and, and ended up, you know, I, I found myself in, a, in an emotionally abusive relationship because mm. I was so desperate yes. to be loved. Um, right. You know, and, and sex plays a role in that because right. it does, right? Because we, yeah, you know, we, we're sexual creatures. We it feels right. good, of you course. know, most of the time. And we so so many times we sexualize our pain in an mm-hmm. effort to make sense of our pain. Mm-hmm. But we sexualize our pain. Uh, and right. that's why, you know, with all the clients that I work with, you know, okay, what type of porn are you looking at? What type mm-hmm. of, you know, fantasy, sexual fantasies do you have? And we explore all these things rather than being judgmental. We do right. it out of curiosity because it is a map to their brokenness. And we heal the brokenness, we heal the pain, then the acting out behaviors, the sexual behaviors begin to go away. So that kind of leads straight into this other question that I want to ask because it's you know talking about what are some things a couple together or one per- or one partner mm-hmm. on their own can do to move towards a healthier you know sexuality and and deeper intimacy with with their partners and so what I'm hearing from you is that it starts like just about anything else relationship oriented with ourselves and yes. doing a doing a deeper dive into right. into what's you know, I mean into what's driving our behavior because you know human beings I tell my clients human beings do not, you know are not irrational right. whatever it is they are doing there is a reason for it and yes, when we, we do what uncover, works for us. when we uncover the reason then we can explore other other behaviors that are you know that are healthier for us but exactly. there's such a there's i don't want to call it a resistance because that implies that people don't want to do this but it's such a hard thing to do so what are some things that what are some mm-hmm. first steps yeah to do this well, deeper dive into ourselves right obviously i'm a believer in in counseling you know find a good right. change find someone ahead of you on the journey um, and there's a lot of bad counselors out there. There's a lot of, uh-huh. bad, you know, information. I'd also say good books. Um, um, my new book, The Sexually Healthy Man, um, came out this year. It's a great book. And then also The Great Sex Rescue um, is a yes. new book that studied 20,000 women 
um, mm-hmm. and, and a bunch of um, books that are on marriage and just how toxic they really are. We have to really begin oh. to dive into good material um, mm-hmm. and, and really retrain ourselves on what healthy sexuality is. Well, and I think, and I think the first part is just an acceptance that the, the sexuality in and of there's nothing wrong with sexuality in and of itself. It's part of mm-hmm. our, it's part of our makeup. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, in, in, I have, I have a good friend who's an intimacy coach and, it, and she, and she goes into the, the physiology of here's what the body parts are. Here's how they mm-hmm. work. You know? yes. I mean, I mean, we're designed. I mean, we wouldn't be designed this way. Right? right, but we don't. But then we go. Well, I, you know, I was shamed when I was a child, or whatever right. our story is, or nobody talked about sex, or I have. Right. You know, here's you know, we got the information on the street from our friends, which is okay, yeah, exactly, here, exactly. Right? And the, <laughs> yeah. the deeper, I mean, you talked about this earlier. Like the deeper, we cannot go some. We cannot go somewhere with a partner if we have not gone there ourselves. And so, mm-hmm. if you feel like, you know, you are shallow in your engagement and you can't, you don't have a lot of close friends or, and this is where, you know, and I work with so many men who feel mm-hmm. this way. It's like, yeah, we've, we've got to dive deeper into how our own story so that we can connect more deeply with our partners. And the idea is, and, and I so agree with you um, that we need to have these support systems, but that's also part of the problem. I mean, you know, we, we talk yeah. about what's available on our phone. And forget the right. pornography, just the whole social media that we, you know, that we, we live and die by the likes on our Facebook page. Right. Um, and we have friends, which we, you know, that's, I would call acquaintances, not friends, but we, we don't have mm-hmm. these places where we right. have these connections and conversations past, sure. you know, past the superficial whether right. you know, where it's not, it's not the twenty-year-old guys comparing their conquests, or the girl, you know, or the you. Know. I mean, it's right. actually finding somebody that you can have exactly. these conversations with, so, you know. Right. Because I get, so you I, know, I get a lot of times my clients going, you know, well, is our sex life normal? And it's like, okay, define right. normal. I don't even know what that word means. You yeah, know, exactly. are are exactly. are you guys okay with it? If you guys are, then that's whatever. If one of you's not okay with it, right. then let's let's take a look at, at at what that is about. Right. And so I would encourage people, you know, who are listening, like w- vulnerability is contagious. If you mm-hmm. want a vulnerable a vulnerable uh, group of friends. Will you start with yourself? Will you start being vulnerable? And in some people that will attract, some people that will push away and repel. And it's mm-hmm. like, for me, where I'm at, it's like I'm so tired of pretense. You know, I'm so tired of, of that. It's just like I'm, like I'm just going to be me and then see who's drawn to that and then mm-hmm. see who I'm drawn to. And, and that's where natural relationships can happen and natural vulnerable relationships can happen. Yeah, and it and it really is taking off the mask. Yeah, and and sometimes we don't even know what masks we're wearing. Um, uh, you know, um, you know, because you know, it, I I I have lots of clients. It's like, well, I don't want to upset my partner. It's like, oh, and I always right. ask them, but is your intention to upset them? Right. No. 
okay, then if you're being honest with them and they get disappointed or whatever, I said, that's, that's not a reason not to be honest, right? Because, yes. because you're holding on to things and, you, and you're playing a role that doesn't fit. And then you get later on in life and, you know, this is when a lot of relationships get blown up is because somebody has been pretending. And I don't mean consciously yeah. pretending because most people don't know that they're doing it. They just know that, right. they're, that they're, they're desperately unhappy. Exactly. And then they yes. think blowing, blowing up the relationship is a way to find is to be happy. And it's like, mm, I mean, that is sometimes that'll work, but usually, you know, right. I tell people there's, there's a lot of steps that you can try before actually blowing up a relationship. But, but part of that is actually learning how to talk to yourself and talk and how to talk to other people, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the average couple, I think they wait seven or eight years before they go get help through oh, marriage. Counseling. I know. Uh, I know. And, and it's like, yeah. hey, we got to deal with, you know, anything that you fear, um, any of the landmines, let's actually walk right towards them. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what we enc- encourage all of the couples that we work with. Like, let's go right to the landmines. But you're going to need some help because there's uh-huh. so many triggers. There's so much potential for harm, disaster. Uh-huh. Um, and and you've got to have wisdom navigating these difficult places. Right. And that's, you know, and, and that's the challenge is because a lot of times people will try to do it by themselves and they'll step on mm-hmm. one of those landmines and then, exactly. and then they don't know what to do. You know, and, yeah, exactly. you know, and again, you're right. It's, that's where, you know, that's where all the information is. And that's where people go. I'm not going, I'm not going there because that's just, mm. you know, that's yes, what I right. Right. So, and through, um, through, through my, through my, you know, my own kind of spiritual lens, you know, another way to say it is we have to go through crucifixion to taste resurrection. You mm-hmm. know, we have to go through death to taste new life. And so you have to step into these hard places if you right. want to, to taste the goodness and the intimacy that we were designed for. And I think that's uh, you and I could talk about this for a long time, but I think that's a perfect place to stop. So would you please share your information about your book, about your website, where people can learn more about how to become more sexually healthy? Yeah. So check out, um, I've written five, five different books. You can check those out. Um, my wife as well as a therapist and author. You can check us out at uh, christiancc.org, christiancc.org, or my personal website is Andrew J. Bauman dot com and write a lot of blogs on there and, um, and can, follow me on social media your last as well. Yeah. B A U M A N. Okay, great. So what I want people to know is that, you know, the actual act of intercourse seems fairly straightforward, but real intimacy is so much more than that. In addition, there are more moving parts to a good sex life than most people are aware of. But in this, like most things, as we've been talking about today, knowledge is power. So hopefully you are more knowledgeable now than you were an hour or half an hour ago. And so I have two questions. What more do you need to know and how will you use it? And so hopefully one of the things you'll do is to keep listening to this show. And until next week, stay loving. <laughs> 